holy mackerel. <laughs> what did Jesus just say to the head of the Sandrian, the, the, the chief priests and the elders of the people? He just told them that the prostitutes and the tax collectors are going to heaven before they do. I think he just wrote his ticket to Calvary. <laughs> he did. They found him in the temple. He had already come into Jerusalem then, triumphantly in what we now call Palm Sunday. He had already done that. <clears throat> and then he entered the temple and raised holy hell with the money changers, tipped over their tables, chased them out of the temple with a whip, now, how to make friends and influence people. <laughs> and then he calls the head of the elders and the chief priests less than prostitutes and tax collectors. Now, I don't think Jesus was a comedian, but I think he had a sense of humor. Because I'm sure that the disciples standing aside must have thought, oh my God, what did he just call the chief priests? Jewish humor is, uh, is, is an interesting thing. I think sometimes we forget that Jesus was Jewish. That, that, that Jesus had a little chutzpah. Jesus was willing to call these hypocrites hypocrites. He tells them this parable of the two sons. I call it the parable of the, of the yes and no brothers. And he asks the first brother, and he says, uh, you go into the vineyard and well, I think the first one says, let me see, make sure I get this straight. He says, uh, he says, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answers, I will not. But then he goes. He repents and he goes. Then he says to the second brother, go into the vineyard and work today. And he says, oh, yes, I will, father. He's, he's like Eddie Haskell. Yes, Mrs. Cleaver, I'll do that. <laughs> and he goes and falls asleep alongside the vineyard. Didn't do a darn thing. And he says to the, to the chief priest, who, who, who is the best son? The first, of course. And then he challenges the chief priests. You see, he has already made a huge ruckus coming into Jerusalem the way he did. And he is making sure that, that they understand what his message was, that he challenges them. You, would, you wouldn't pay attention to John the Baptist. They were afraid to say that he was from heaven. They were afraid to say he was from humankind. They were afraid to say uh, one thing or the other because they didn't want the crowd to, to attack them. Soren Kierkegaard Kierkegaard was a philosopher and he said once that follower, uh, Jesus doesn't want admirers. Jesus wants followers. And what Jesus is doing here in this convoluted parable, telling the chief priests and the elders that they just don't get it. it, it it's like a cheap suit. They're, they're phony. There's nothing there. There's nothing underneath the surface. It's a fake. It's like the uh, city zoo had a of making 
They had one animal of every species in the zoo. And well, up in, the gorilla up and died. So they got this big guy, they put a gorilla suit on him. And they made him walk around the zoo. Well, he fell into the lion's den. And he starts crying out to the zookeepers, please help me. And the lion walked over to him, he says, shut up or they'll fire us both. It was all fake. The chief priests and the elders are all fake. They postured and stood and followed all itsy bitsy little laws that kept them safe with God. The 615 things that they had to follow every day. But they didn't, they didn't get it. They didn't get it. When John the Baptist stood there by the Jordan, they wouldn't pay any attention to him. I think sometimes we become admirers of God and not followers. What does it mean for us to follow Jesus? He invites his disciples to do that all the time. Come follow me. And what happened? When they nailed him to the cross, they were nowhere to be found. They petered out, as they say. That's why we say that. They petered out. Oftentimes, I think we set goals for ourselves as Christians, good intentions, or we're going to go, I'm, I really should go see Lucy. She's been homebound for several months. What a good thing. that I'll, I'll really do that. It's a good thing. And then time goes by, and you say, well, I better not go. And a lot of times we, we have good intentions, but we don't follow through on them. But there's time to repent, like the first son, who said, no, I won't go. And then he, like the prodigal son, he came to himself, I guess, and returned, and he did go. He repented and returned. And that's what Jesus is trying to get these people from the temple to understand is they have the opportunity to repent and return but they have hardness of heart they won't listen and sometimes we have hardness of heart too sometimes we know what the truth is but we just won't let it penetrate because God it'll change our lives it'll disrupt the way I want my life to be ordered even when God calls me and I know he's calling I'm afraid I'm afraid to take that step, aren't we? Fear is uh, the opposite of faith. It isn't doubt. Fear, hospital, fear keeps us hostage. Fear keeps us hostage from doing the thing that we knew God wants us to do because we're afraid of how it's going to disrupt our lives. When we're called, to even sacrifice that, our lives, and go and serve in that situation. Being vulnerable, being led by the Spirit, but that's a tough choice to make. And we're all called to make it. We're called to be followers, not admirers. Amen. <laughs>